I'll not be a stranger when I get to that city. I'm acquainted with folks over there. There'll be friends there to greet me. There'll be loved ones to meet me at the grapes of that city for through the years, through the tears, they have gone one by one. But they'll wait at the gate until my race is gone. I will not be a stranger when I get to that city. I'm acquainted with folks over I'll not be a stranger when I get to that city. I've a home on streets paved with gold. I will feel right at home there in that beautiful somewhere with the loved ones whose memories I'll Through the years, through the tears, they have gone one by one. But they'll wait at the gate until my work is run. I will not be a stranger when I get to that city. I'm acquainted with folks over I'm acquainted with folks over there. I think that takes talent to play a flat guitar like that. Uh, I, I know that's not really a flat guitar, right? All right, that's a dobro. Uh, Brother David Stroud's dear, dear friend uh, to this, to me, and to this church, having uh, was it being instrumental, and in fact starting the Spanish ministry that we have now, uh, and I appreciate him so much. They're up this weekend, uh, he and his wife, and the, the youngest daughter, and son-in-law Kenny, and they have a little girl now, Amelia. All right, cute as a button. And uh, so we appreciate them. He's going to preach to us tonight, all right? Brother David, you come and open the Word of God to us, all right? Amen. God bless you, brother.
I got a big enough mouth, I don't need it anyway. So. I mean, I, could, I think I could compete with Spurgeon. You know, he preached to thousands and never had a mic. And it wasn't a lie. I mean, they say this is wireless, but what's this thing? It's really not. Okay, so it's another one of them lies if you tell it long enough. And, uh, yeah. But uh, I appreciate the Lord and what he's done. I'm, I'll soon be 65, and I've been reflecting back over my life. Uh, we've been saved since 1985, and, uh, you know... It gets better as we go along. You know, I was thinking about what people call trials and tribulations. I can't really think of anything that I would consider a true trial. Maybe I'm weird. I don't know. Yeah, probably. But, you know, a lot of things that we call trials really aren't. They may be just training. You know, I asked a lady this morning if she prayed for patience, and she said no. Well, that's wisdom. Because so, well, how does patience come? Tribulation. So, oh, pray for me for patience. You're crazy. Okay? So, you obviously need to read your Bible. But, uh, you know, something has been on my heart for a while, and it's been percolating. It's nothing new. Uh, let me tell you, uh, I love my country. I am American from what used to be hair all the way to the bottom of my feet, and I don't want to be anything else. I have no desire. Now, if I'm in Mexico, I'm comfortable there because of who I know. If I'm in Timbuktu, I'm comfortable there, but there is something about Seeing old glory. When you get back to the border. So I am saddened tonight, and this is not my message at all. Well, maybe a little bit. But I am saddened tonight at the condition of our country. Now, when I was a kid, a long long, long time ago, before cell phones, before computers, yes, I'm a dinosaur, when TV only had three channels and it was black and white and went off at midnight, unless you were interested in watching a test pattern all night long, right? The first time I drove a car that I had a license, I, filled, I put gas in it and I got 10 gallons for five bucks. Now, if y'all went to public school, that may be difficult to calculate. So that's 48 cents a gallon, okay? So a lot of water has run under the bridge during my life and things have continually progressed not in a good direction. Okay? When I was in the fifth grade, our teacher led us in Bible reading, prayer, Pledge of Allegiance. We sung patriotic songs and hymns. 
in a public school. I don't know if she was saved or not, but she sure was a good reader because she read out of the King James Bible. So I do want to preach tonight about the condition of our nation, but maybe not in the way that you are expecting. Now, I do want you to pray for Mark Robinson to be the governor of North Carolina. We need to get rid of the Hillary Clinton doofus that's over there now. <laughs> now, they don't know what to do with him because uh, Raleigh Disturber, that's supposed to be a newspaper, accused him of being the grand whatever it is, Bah or whatever of the KKK. Well, Mark had a big time with that because he says, have they never looked at my picture? He's a black guy. He's our lieutenant governor now, and he won by landslide. He will do the same as governor. The lieutenant governor that is running is likewise. We own the Senate. We own the House. We might can push North Carolina back in the right direction. So please pray about that. We do need to be involved in that stuff. I put I stand with Israel on the back of my truck hoping one of them stupid protesters would attack me. Oh boy, wouldn't that be fun. But a guy told me at the electrical supply place, they ain't going to jump on you. I said, why not? And he said, you got an army patrol hat on. You look like you're carrying a gun. They're not going to mess with you. And he was right. I was carrying a gun. So we need to get back to standing up for right. I am so tired of this offended crowd that is dragging us into the pits of hell and into the tar pits of immorality and into the mess that the devil loves us to be in. But I want to ask you a question. Whose fault is that? Is it Joe Biden's fault? You know, Joe Biden is just the fruit of the problem, not the root of the problem. He's just a fruit. And so, <laughs> of the problem. I, I, I'm sorry, I forgot to finish that. No, it is a fruit of the problem. It is not the root of the problem, but it's not the government's fault. Now, by the way, you don't live in a democracy, and I'm tired of that lie. We live in a democratic republic, and if you'll study those out, they're completely different. A democracy says, okay, we're going to vote you in. You go up there, whatever you decide is good for us. But a democratic republic says, oh, no, you work for me. I'm tired of, well, we can't do anything about it. So where is the root of the problem? The root of the problem in all of that's going on today is in the church. I'm tired of hearing pastors say, oh, we don't need to be involved with that. That's not spiritual. Who told you that lie? 
to stand against immorality, to stand against uh, illegality, to stand against uh, moral corruption is not spiritual? I beg your pardon. And the problem can be laid at the feet of the altar of the church. Now, not necessarily this one because I know your crazy pastor and I know where he stands. Amen? Amen. I know him not to be a namby-pamby. Well, I won't say that. Uh, Lace-wearing. I'll be nice. You know, I'm 64 years old, and I've had the same gender since birth. And my wife has had the same gender since birth. And I like it that way. Right? I've never looked at a guy and said, boy, there's a looker. Huh? So where is the problem? There are people that really believe that multi-gender junk. I mean, they sincerely believe it. They're sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. And they have a mental problem. And they have a spiritual problem. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And who can know it? You can't know your own heart because it's a liar. I tell everybody, most people are three people. They're the people that they put on as a show for other people to look at. They are the people that they think that they are. Right? That they think that they are. Well, my name is Dr. Bottle Stopper, and I'm right with God. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. When he's, God's nowhere within a million miles. And then there's the third person that God knows you to be. And guess what? He's always right. So our goal should be to make those three people one. And how does that go about? You become Christ-like. Okay, so I'm going to preach to the saved people tonight, but if you're sitting here lost and dying and on your way to hell, you need to get that right because time is running out. If you can't even look around, you said something about earthquakes. There was one in Oklahoma day before yesterday. They said that there has been a million earthquakes in the last 24 months. You know, we just don't know about it because it's not shaking our house and, you know, that's somewhere else. What should that tell you? Time is running out. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And if you can't tell, I'm getting more passionate about this as we go along. I think every church in America needs to hear what I'm fixing to say. And I'm from North Carolina, and I ain't scared. One thing that has happened is God has given me a boldness that I didn't used to have. Because I kind of bought in on all this, be nice and kind to people. Well, you can be kind to people and tell them the truth. 
When somebody's getting ready to ask me a question, I say, stop. If you don't want to know the truth, don't ask the question. But you need to make it your policy to tell the truth. Because guess what? God hates liars. You know? Does that taste good? Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. It's the best I've ever had, liar. You know, you're sitting there, can't wait to get... I gotta go to the bathroom so you can spit it out. You're not helping anybody by lying to them. I'll never forget when I was 10 years old, I was at a Bible camp and I was concerned about my destination. And I went to the preacher and said, Preacher, I am concerned about where I'm going to spend eternity. And he patted me on the shoulder and told me, you're a fine young man. You'll be all right. And you know what? As 10-year-old young man, I knew that was a lie. I knew he was lying to me. Because I knew I wasn't a fine young man. I was turmoil, had turmoil in my heart because I didn't know where I was going to spend eternity. It does not help anyone for you to lie to them. Thank God for the old time preacher that took the two-edged sword and run it in your chest. He's a temporary position. But that, you know, this is the second time I've used Shakespeare. And I've never read Wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. I started pondering that verse and and why a lot of things. Be not drunk with wine speaks fleshly, spiritual, but God is making I got run into people that were drunk when I was an MP. You gotta think of one. You know, wine is I have to acquire a taste for something. I don't need to be messing with it. Right? You know, like sushi wrong we're not backwards right it's about position once they get started they just it's just a black hole that just keeps it getting bigger bigger and bigger deep think about this nobody's born a christian and most anything somebody them guess what get addicted to by the word of god and he has to pay for his which I knew guys that would work hard at and then go drink at Saturday. And Monday they would be broke. And got a hangover. And I said, what the position? See, I didn't start out to be a... I wasn't looking for God. And you know, before I was even saying things... Now, I believe salvation is easy. Be... Don't that broken well a beverage. But I can have a little toddy. I said, I was talking to a guy strong thereby is not why. Well, let's go open it, let you drink a little. Other than that, you need to be a teetotaler. Because it's not good for you. You know, if nothing else. And it's expensive from what I hear. This guy told me he paid $1,000 for a bottle of wine. I said, wow, you should have given me that $1,000 and we'd both been better off. <laughs> but it's not just being drunk. Do you know there's people that are drunk on power? Control?
but be ye filled with the Spirit. So there's a preparation. You know when you get saved, you automatically know everything, right? You know all the Bible, you know all the doctrines. No. You got to be prepared. That's why you need church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday school, and any other time. And I'm not and you need to read your Bible every day. If you don't read your Bible, you shouldn't eat. That's how important it is. No breakfast, no Bible, no breakfast. Because that's how God talks to your heart. That's how the Holy Spirit... You know, there's many times I might have committed a sin, but the Holy Spirit said, you remember in that I said, and you shouldn't do that? I remember after I got saved, I went up to the beer joint that I used to shoot pool at, Sometimes, and I remember walking into the place, and it was like I stepped onto the moon. And the Holy Spirit said, Not your place anymore. Well, hard headed, I stepped on in. I was there about four or five minutes, and I was like a cat on a hot tin roof. And I didn't understand it because I'd just gotten saved. But the Holy Spirit was saying, And I've never been back. I couldn't wait to get out. Well, the Bible says, Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Well, you know what I found out? I didn't have to separate. I started witnessing to them and they separated from me. <laughs> this is not complicated. Do you believe God is in control of every jot and tittle of your life? Romans 8.28 says, For all things happen for the good of those that love the Lord, those that are the called according to His purpose. Guess what? If you're saved, you've been called to do something. Oh, it's the preacher's job to witness and visit. Who told you that lie? When you meet somebody, what do you do? You know what you should do? You should look for an opportunity. Am I right? Or whatever. Basketball, football, or whatever. So, I mean, somebody starts to blow up like a bullfrog? I immediately start saying, you know, this preacher told me about Romans 3.20. I'm sure the glory. And faith cometh by hearing him, but you even how can... Well, I was a sinner lost and dying on my way to hell. Separation. See, the problem is, in America today, nobody likes to try to tell you. I have a Holy Spirit by him. How many said, and I'm preaching to me. How many times have you said, Holy Spirit, take control of me. Take control of me for this day. You know who gets, needs to be saved. I don't. You know how many times I've been going and being be in a hurry? One day, this popped in my head, so I'll say, uh, I was at Home Depot. I'm sorry, but, uh, they, they, you know. 
their apple, so I couldn't find out if they even had what I was looking for. So I tried the Lowe's app, and it wouldn't work either. Now, I'm technologically challenged, impartially, willingly. I get within 10 feet of computers. They start acting funny because they know I hate them and they hate me. So I went to Lowe's, and they had what I wanted, but I ran into a guy in the parking lot trying to load his truck. And he was by he said, boy, they found out his name, and I found out where he was from. He was from D.C. or somewhere. And how did you end up here? Da, 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 da. Well, let me, and I have tracks. And on one side, I said, let me invite you to church. And I turn up where it says the address. But more importantly, and I flip it over and it says, if you died right now, would you spend eternity in heaven? I said, more importantly, I want you to see you in heaven. And it touched his heart. I've never seen him again. Does that mean he didn't get saved? I don't know. It's not my job. I did what the Holy Spirit told me to do. See, the problem is that we have, sometimes we have the position, we have the preparation, but number three, we don't have a purpose. How does your mind work? Dorsey, you can't say not at all. Oh, you didn't say that anyway. See, a drunk's purpose is to drink. You know, I knew guys that would strain shoe polish through a piece of light bread and drink it. Because that's how bad they had it and they didn't have any money. But how much of a purpose do you have to serve the Lord? To be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know what? It's not something that you conjure up. It's a submitting to His will. And let Him get you out of the way. See, my biggest problem is David keeps getting in the way. But the Holy Spirit will use you. Well, how can He use me? Guess what? There's people that I'll never be able to lead to the Lord. For whatever reason. But there's people you can lead to the Lord that I'll never see. So what's your purpose in life? Well, I want to build a bigger house. I've got a four bedroom. I'd like to have a five. Oh, I'm driving this car. I'd like to get that car. Oh, I'd like to have a 401k, which is a ripoff, by the way. I want to retire with a million dollars in the bank. And then one day you wake up dead, and it's all useless. But you know what? How, let me ask you a question. How many people are in heaven today? And it's partially your fault. See, being filled with the Holy Spirit means being uh, 
obedient to him. And guess what? He knows everybody that needs to get saved. Do you believe that that is the answer to this nation's problem? See, God is the God of many, but he's really the God of one. If you had been the only sinner on the face of the earth, Jesus would have still died. That's how important you are. But what's the devil say? Oh, you can't do that. Let me remind you, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in high places. The devil is a liar and he is your enemy. Do you know purpose is a decision? Now, I've never met a stranger. You can ask my wife. I talk to everybody. I talked to a guy in Nanny's. He was standing at the buffet. I thought, well, I'm within three feet. So I started talking to him, and he was like. <laughs> but we became friends fairly quickly, and I was messing with him. You know, if people get the idea that you love them, you can get away with almost anything. They'll overlook your debilities. So we were back and forth while we were eating, going back and forth. I didn't know the guy. <clears throat> and uh, I got to make some comments that will be beneficial to him if he'll meditate on those. And we were out front, and he was getting, leaving, and he had a lady with him. And I said, oh, is this your daughter? And he goes, it's my wife. And I looked at her and I said, how am I doing? And she gave me the fist bump. <laughs> Guess what? If I ever run into him again, yeah. he's going to remember. <laughs> God is not in a hurry. So what is your purpose? You know, your purpose may not and probably isn't to be Billy Graham. Or anybody else you want to name. Your purpose may be one. What's the value of a soul? What does the Bible say? What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So one soul is worth all the value of this whole planet. Right? Does that make it important? The Son of God died for that one. So what's your purpose? To be a millionaire? Now don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with being a millionaire. If you do it for the glory of God. I know a guy that was instrumental in missionaries all over the world. He was a billionaire, but he used his money for the glory of God. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody's not called to be a preacher. Some people are called to be plumbers. And you ought to be the best plumber with the best reputation anywhere. Because what does that do? It glorifies God. If you're a bagger at the grocery store, you ought to be the best bagger that you can possibly be because it glorifies God. And if I was a bagger, I'd be talking to everybody because that's what I do. The, the county is silly enough to ask me to be a greeter at the poll on voting day. <clears throat> and I did that last time. 
And, you know, I get to see everybody that's in my precinct. Sound like opportunity to me. And some come in sour-faced. They're probably Democrats. And, uh, <laughs> or liberals. <clears throat> but my job was to greet them. Put, put them toward the right direction because we do it by alphabetical A to whatever to over to whatever to whatever. And by the way, in North Carolina, you got to show an ID this year. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and uh, that's going to make them guys in Durham have a hard time finding them votes at 2 o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> All them dead people that voted last time. So what did I do? I made a game out of it. Guess what? People, for the most part, are not dangerous. There are some dangerous people, but for the most part, they're not dangerous. So you don't have to be scared. Now, people are laughing, but they really are, aren't they? If I say something to the cashier at Walmart, they might get offended. Would it be better for them to be offended and go to heaven? Or not be offended and go to hell. So what's your purpose? So as a greeter, I met everybody at the door, pointed them in the right direction, and I'm supposed to give them a pen that they can uh, fill in the dots. And I said, boy, I am glad you're here. I've been waiting on you all day. And they said, you waiting on me? And I said, yeah, I've been standing here all day just waiting for you to come, you know. And I have, not, I don't know who they are, but, you know, it don't matter. And they laugh and whatever. And I ordered a pen for you all the way from China, and I was afraid you wasn't going to come and pick it up. <laughs> As a Christian, you should make yourself memorable. What does your neighbor say about you? What's your purpose? What do your kids say about you? You know, you got to be careful about your kids because they know everything about you. And next Sunday, the preacher's going to take them each in and have a confessional. <laughs> so you might not ought to show up next Sunday because they know the truth, don't they? So what's your purpose? When you meet somebody, what do you think? Holy Spirit, I want to be controlled by you. And you know some people, God says, pass them by. Give them a track and keep them moving. And then there's some people God says, stop. You need to talk to them. Because he knows who has a need. I told the preacher about a guy that I met in the cheese aisle at the grocery store. He was standing there looking confused about cheese. And I'm a cheese connoisseur. I'm a cheese rat. And I said, what are you looking for? And he said, well, I don't know which one of these are the best. And I said, you like sharp cheddar? Well, yeah, I like that brand right there because it's good and it's cheaper than the rest. Oh, okay. Lord didn't tell me to do anything beyond that. A week or so later, I met him again. He wasn't in the cheese aisle. 
So I asked him his name. And he told me his name was Clarence. And uh, I started talking to him. And the Holy Spirit did not give me liberty to invite him to church. He just said, that's it. Now you know his name. You've, you've been kind to him. Let it lay. I didn't know him. He didn't know me. This went on for a while. And we got to be good friends. And one day I went up to him. His name was Clarence. And I said, Clarence, I've got a problem and I need your help. And he says, well, if I can help you, David, I will. And I said, great. I said, is that a promise? Yeah. I said, we're having friend day at church tomorrow and I don't have a friend. He came to church, and he started coming regularly. And he told me, he says, I've never been to a white church that treated me like this. And I said, oh, Clarence, it's not white. It's made out of brick. <laughs> I thought you knew that. It took a year he got saved. It was a four-year project. He's in heaven today. He got COVID and died. I got cold chills. Because you know what? It's partly my fault. What's your purpose? Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. You see, it's not on you. It's on Him. But He's looking for availability. If you want to turn America around, you get them saved. Do you think different than you did before you got saved? Radically different. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If you be in Christ, you're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You know what happened? I don't think like I used to think. And you know what? Paul said, examine yourself that you be in the faith. You know what? I do that when I fail. And it's not doubting my salvation, but I'm doubting my faith. Remember what you talked about Sunday school this morning? It's kind of ironic, you know. It's almost like you're reading the same book I am. <laughs> so what's your purpose? You need to determine that the people you, God puts in your path, that you're going to tell them the good news. We're failing. And what about your passion? You know a drunk has a passion? He's, passion for, he's passionate for liquor. But you know what? He doesn't like it. It gets to a point where he starts hating himself. And he would like to get out of it, but he doesn't know how. But guess what? If you're passionate about the Holy Spirit, you're trapped also. But the difference is, it gets gooder and gooder. How many of you, and don't raise any hands, have ever talked to the Holy Spirit as if he's a person? Because i got news for you. He is. 
He's not an electrical force or radar or whatever. He's a person. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I think Leanne's throwing microphones at me. <laughs> if you've got a purpose and you have the Holy Spirit and he's going, get him, boy, get him, get him. Then there's a peace that passeth all understanding. And especially when you're finished, the Holy Spirit says, good job. When's the last time you ever spoke to the Holy Spirit as a person and said, here am I? My family's dying and going to hell. You know, I've said, God, make me willing to be willing. Because I'm hard-headed. You know, and I've also told the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to write it on the wall because I'm dumb as a mule, too. And he's been working in my heart for the last little while. And you know what? I don't think I could have learned this before now. Sometimes it just takes gray hair and age. So it's become a game to me in the sense of who am I going to talk to next? It's almost like a game show. You're the next contestant. You don't know it, but you are. And then there's payoff. Now, what's the payoff of a drunk? He's broke. His liver's falling out. His life is ruined. His integrity and character is gone. And his reputation is non-existent. That's not a good position to be in. But what's the payoff with the Holy Spirit? Eternal life. Oh, it's just forever. That seems to be the way we think. Prosperity. Did I use that word? I'm sorry. Do you think you're prosperous? It has nothing to do with money. And if I start waving a hanky at you and say, send me a thousand dollars and I'll cry over this or whatever and it'll make you whatever, shoot me. <laughs> the payoff. And it's not about me. It's about him. Does your life glorify Jesus Christ? And I'm not being hard. I know me. And I'm sick of me sometimes. Woe is me if I, the Holy Spirit says witness to him and I don't do it and then the next day find out they're dead. And I've had more than one that I did witness to. Savino, he was supposed to go out to lunch with us one day. He, he attended our church, and we, I continually witnessed to him. And one day, the guys that lived with him in the house, you know, there's 47 Mexicans all in this one house. And one of them came out and said, Savino's out back, and he wants to talk to you. He knew I was coming by because it was Saturday. So I ran around the corner, and he come running up and said, 
I can't sleep, I need to get saved. Oh, okay, well, I can fix that. So he gets saved and then decides he's going to go back to Mexico. And he was supposed to come for lunch and he didn't, and he didn't even show up at church, did he? And which was really strange. So after church, I preached the morning and after church went up there and he'd been shot. Some guy broke in and demanded money and shot him in the neck and he was paralyzed. I heard through the grapevine his son was out running his mouth about how much his daddy had money his daddy had in the house. And he was in Baptist, paralyzed. So we went to see him two or three times. And he eventually died. And he's in heaven. And it's partly my fault. How many people are in heaven and it's your fault? Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Don't get caught up in the drunkenness of this world. Whether it be power, money, jobs, or whatever. But be ye filled with the Spirit. And guess what? He's willing to use you. Well, you don't know my past life. Let me tell you something. God can use a nasty past life for his glory. Do you know he knew you before you knew you? But you may be one of those that grew up, was the perfect kid, like the preacher, right? You was a preacher boy. <laughs> Never did anything wrong. But guess what? The same blood needed to be applied to him as it does to drunk. Let me give you a little insight, and I'll shut up. I don't know. You ain't blowed the horn, so I'll keep going. <laughs> Let me give you a little insight. Little is as much as when God is in it. Let me say that again. Little is much when God is in it. And if you're surrendered to the Holy Spirit, guess what? He can take one little comment and pierce the soul of someone for eternity but it's our job because he said go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature I've never been preoccupied with pigment so I don't let that be that's not an issue to me my best friend happens to be a black guy when we go to Savannah together, everybody thinks we're cops. <clears throat> and we kind of look the part. So we play it up. See, it's not about that. See, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And if you look at someone, and I don't care what they are, red, yellow, black and white, sodomite, whatever, and you judge them, but by the grace of God, you'd be right there with them. Don't judge the drunk. Because except by the grace of God, you'd be right there. Don't judge the sodomite. The book's already done that. Our commandment is to love them and win them. You know, I was reading, a, it was a lesbian. Had written a little booklet 
And she said, Christians do not give up. Because when I was in that sin, I wanted to get out. But I didn't know how. Until a Christian witnessed to me and said, God really does love me. And now she's saved and she's out of it. I mean, I'm 100% against that stuff. God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. But they have a problem. And you have the answer. Be not drunk with wine where there is an excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit, and that doesn't say if you want to be. It sounds like a commandment to me, which means God will provide if you'll trust him. Preacher, come on. I hope this helped you tonight. I think every church in America needs to hear that because we've lost our way. Things that happen now would have never happened when I was a kid because Christians stood strong. We can reverse it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, preacher. We thank you so much, dear Lord, for this message tonight. Thank you for your servant. Lord, the message has been delivered. Your Holy Spirit is at work. Lord, may we heed the words that we have heard tonight. May our minds and our hearts be attuned to these things, the truths that we have heard. As we have this time of, of invitation, of altar call, I pray, Lord, that each one of us would be obedient to you. In Jesus' name we pray.